Do you want a grizzled veteran and a twink here? Take it. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Goodwood. This is Jess, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Kit and Beck. We are together at last. We are so psyched to be starting the new season tonight. Our boys are happy, healthy, and horny for practice, which is just how Sidney Crosby likes them. In today's season opener episode, we're going to make and probably immediately break some new season's resolutions. We're going to speculate about what the season holds for our boys and for us as fans, and we're going to inaugurate the Year of the Silver Fox. It is Mike Sullivan's world, baby. We are just living in it. Thanks for joining us. Let's go, Pens. Here we go. Happy New Season's Eve. We've seen the Penguins lose a lot of games. We've won one. That's exciting. When you say we, I haven't seen shit. <laughs> no. Yeah, I haven't either, watched but... <laughs> any of the preseason games except for the one I went to in person. Uh, mostly because the other ones, they were just playing like the B-Squad and I personally wasn't so interested. I know sometimes that makes me feel like a fake, but like, I'm sorry, I kind of don't have too much interest in watching the AHLers play on a live stream. Uh, and then I went to one game, and then we did have the full squad play again in Detroit the other evening. But I was busy working on a thick outline, so I was unable to to pay attention. But I did follow along with the Twitter girlies, and you know, saw the gifts and kept up to date on the shenanigans of the team. Yeah, did were... did somebody carry a puck down the ice in their teeth? <laughs> no, I think that was just a Tumblr post. But also, it was a I great Tumblr post. <laughs> The gist of the game that I got was that Jason Zucker was good, Sid got frustrated, and Gino does not care about the preseason. I do like the approach of not watching the games and just trying to reconstruct them on Tumblr, you know? Like, so now I fully believe that Jake Gensel carried a puck down the ice in his teeth, you know, <laughs> and scored a goal that way. <laughs> I think that's the European fan experience. I was going to say, now you know how it feels. This is every single game, all right? It's just me going through old posts of people live blogging like trying to puzzle together what the hell happened last night <laughs> at my old job i used to have to work some weekends and they would always have those horrible matinee saturday games that i could never watch because i was working those are kids was... dream yeah yeah please show some respect to the matinee <laughs> i know games. i'm sorry i used to i used to be a weekend worker and that would just be me surreptitiously checking twitter constantly throughout my shift trying to figure out what was going on and what was happening so I'm grateful those days are over, but that's because I know I could not hack it as a European fan of an American sport. It's a ridiculous lifestyle. It genuinely makes you question your own allegiances. Like, why did I choose this? What is wrong with me? Will I ever have a normal sleep cycle again? Nobody knows. Well, are we looking forward to the new season? I know that we had some, we had a complicated off season with Contract Gate and all that it entailed. So how are we feeling moving in to our new season? 
I'm feeling good, but I've been so consumed by this move and like starting a new job and stuff that I feel like I don't even know who's on our team anymore. I don't know. <laughs> like, I think Gino's in a really good mood. That's what I've gathered from the, from the gifts online. But that's about all I know about what's happening right now. We lost Evan Rodriguez. Is he off somewhere? We Is he lost him to Colorado. We just we lost, lost Radim Zahorna last night. Oh, no. He got scooped up man. by Ottawa, was it, Kit? No, it was the Flames. And we lost Mike Matheson. Lost him to the Habs. No, well, when I went to that game, like, this is always the issue with going to games in person early on in the season, is I have to figure out who the hell is on the roster. Because I'll be watching the game, I'm like, who the fuck is 47? Like, you just don't know who anyone is, and there's no announcer to tell you who is who. So you're, like, scrolling through the Penguins' Twitter, trying to find when they release the, the lineup so you can figure out who's playing on any given line. So... It's not not just you that doesn't know who's on the team. Because I was at that preseason game, I was like, whose line is out? Who the fuck is Gino playing with? What's going on? But not Beck, it's it's not about the name. It's about the logo on the front the of the jersey. The logo on the front. I know. <laughs> yeah, speaking of logos on the front, how about that nice fucking insurance company logo right on our jerseys now? I'm so peeved about the NHL adding logos to their jerseys. I find it so declassé. But that's because I, I've always hated soccer jerseys too, so... The NHL jerseys were like the first jerseys I've ever seen that didn't have ads all over them. So <laughs> I guess I'm just used to like a different standard, but they were nicer before it. I don't know. I, that, I always thought like when I see like the European leagues and just seeing all the logos all over soccer jerseys and I've never loved it. And I've always liked that about American sports uniforms. But here we are. It's it's creeping in. The other league that I that I follow is literally called the Penny DEL, like the the German league, and Penny is a supermarket chain. So that's that's the name of the league, <laughs> the Kroger NHL. Yeah, it's like the Kroger NHL. So we we have some new logos. We've we've lost some of our beloved. Oh, Evan Rodriguez, that one hits me hard. Not because he was good, oh, but just because he was so wide eyed. You know, <laughs> he was nice. He was a good yeah, person. He's just a nice boy. He had the most incredible start of the season last year oh my god remember the erod hype yeah everyone's like who is this guy yeah and then he was <laughs> just some guy in the end okay and then we have some new who who are our new people who have we added oh, christ um petri jeff petri is the only one i can remember frankly. okay do we, we have, have a- any do we have any head cannons for them yet or is it too early no idea i honestly couldn't even tell you what he looks like all i remember about jeff petri or petri I think it's Petri. Yeah, it can't be like Petri dish, can it? Although he did say that, like, (laughs) he did say that, like, because Petey is already taken the nickname on the pens, you know, by Marcus the Dragon, Petey Pedersen. Um, so he's he has he has to get a new nickname, and he said that he used to be called Dish because of Petri dish. I can't believe they even know what a Petri dish is. You know, like, didn't they leave school at a young age? No, you're not wrong. And all I remember from the playoffs where the Habs played Tampa, I remember seeing him with like his bloodshot eyes. Oh, that's right. Oh, that was him? That was him, yeah. Oh, geez. And then our other new guy is Jan Ruda, or I don't know how to pronounce Czech names, but um, he's another defenseman that we've got going on. I think he, and then Ty Smith as well. And there's uh, Josh Archibald. So I'm relatively certain that Archibald used to play for the Penguins. I remember him. He played for us a couple years back, left, and he's like just done the roulette and come all the way back. 
So he has returned to us. Don't know a lot about him. And then there are a couple other guys like Drake Cagliula. No idea who that is. Xavier Ouellette. Owen Pickering. I think he's young. These are these are the Mark Donks of the season, you know? Like, I can't <laughs> yeah. wait to find out which one is going to be our new Erod. <laughs> so we got some new guys. We got some new new things. We've got a Geno contract, which makes me feel really secure and good. What else are we looking forward to this season? If we're talking about interesting games, we've got the the outdoor game. The Winter Classic. Ooh, yeah. Yes, we are, I might we go are... to that to be determined. Really? Yeah, Boston? Yeah. Let's see. I don't think there's anything else extraordinary on the calendar gino's 1000th game oh my god you're <gasps> oh right oh my gosh yeah wow who's gonna cry you know are we all gonna cry i mean we'll i'm gonna see. cry <laughs> i've already determined that this is going to be the occasion for me to acquire a jersey that is not a sid jersey wow that's a big step for you beck i mean i own like 13 and they're all sid jerseys at this point so i'm like <laughs> okay i'm like oh you know i should probably branch out a bit so diversify diversify yeah pick, pick pick the other most famous guy on your team i just yeah i can't wait to see like what kind of robotic thing robotic but incredibly heartfelt thing sid says you know right <laughs> it's right. gonna be the blandest statement yeah, it's gonna, it's be, gonna so be like bland. it's gonna let you down so much gino you're an incredible player i want to win many more cups with you you are good at hockey we're gonna analyze his eye movement to try and find like secret <laughs> like, like s- secret depth of emotion that he's not actually advertising maybe it's gonna be like a nate max thing when sid had his um 1k game oh yeah that'll where, be like, too private uh, to show they yeah. cannot publicly <laughs> show it we could only hope for such a thing from sid oh my gosh are they gonna do the thing where they get other people from around the league to talk about him too wasn't that sid's video <laughs> okay but here, here's the thing who else around the league nate, likes I nate gino. mckinnon talk about gino oh <laughs> No, but that's the thing. It's like Sid has like his reputation from when he was younger, right? Is, you know, whiny, crybaby, older guys don't like him, whatever. But um, he's had like really good image rehab over the last like seven years. Gino has not <laughs> like at all. Like, okay, so who around the league are they going to pull to say something nice about Gino when when I think of other people's fan bases talking <laughs> about him, they don't like him at all. Oh my gosh. I'm just remembering that. Remember that book that they blurbed Gino in? I can't remember who it was about, but he was giving a quote about the guy and he was like, and he just singled out some other guys he didn't oh, like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> he's like, he's like, he's way better than this guy and this asshole. <laughs> I want that level, you know, from others towards Gino. <laughs> it's just going to be Tanger Sid. <laughs> I, I'm also just excited from what I can gather. It just seems like Gino is in a great mood, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to see how that plays out. He doesn't have to move. He doesn't have to learn some new guys' names, you know? Right, exactly. He can just ignore the new guys on the Penguins because Sid will make excuses for him. Yeah, it's perfect. It's he can be with the long. love of his life, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, Dan Potash forever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. I'm hoping it'll be a good season, too. And also because... I know that going into the season, like we had that incredibly stressful off season just with the Chris and Gino situation, which honestly, I'm loath to admit it, but I was doing some like pre-grieving when shit really hit the fan. And I feel like that like kind of altered my brain chemistry <laughs> a little bit. I like had the euphoria of like Gino and Tang are both resigning. And then afterwards I was like, well, okay, that was a lot of stress. How are you going to cope? And I... 
recently started dabbling in a second fandom, oh which my is gosh. not <gasps> cheating, something. cheating on wow. hockey. Oh my gosh! I know. Wow, the confessing this on air, Beck. I can't believe it. Well, it, it was weird because I haven't done that in six years, roughly. I mean, I've like read around. But, like, I recently wrote a fic that was not a hockey fic. And I was like, oh, okay. Watching my pearls. <laughs> Unbelievable, Beck. I was doing that. I know you guys are joking, but I was actually, like, worried. I was like, am I am I losing my, like, white-knuckled grip on hockey? Is, like, did I fuck it up for myself by stressing out over Gino? But um, I'm getting back into the swing of things, which I'm grateful for. Like, I'm working on a, a big hockey fic right now for a fest. And things are starting to, like, gain some sense of normalcy. But I still am, like, other fandom curious now. And I wonder if that's, like, an, an unintended consequence of Evgeny Malkin not fucking signing his contract early. He drove you into the arms of another fandom. It's, yeah, you know. you've opened your relationship with the pens. He's made me multi-fandom. What the hell have you done, Evgeny? But um, we'll see how long it lasts. I mean, I don't, I, I don't expect the fandom to be as long-lasting as, like, hockey. But that was kind of something I had to confront with myself because... I was doing the panic thing of like, what if Gino and Tanger don't sign? And I, I feel bad about, you know, changing my life so much for the Penguins and then like freaking out over that. And then he doesn't. But then like a month and a half later, I'm like, oh, shit. What if I also actually do like another thing? And what if I actually do get driven away? And maybe that just maybe goes you're to show the how Gino. Over- oh, man. Yeah. You're testing, <sighs> testing free agency right now. <laughs> Sydney is not pleased. <laughs> You're going to get a visit. I have too much literal monetary investment to divest from the penguins at this point. Like, I'm sitting at my desk staring at my, like, corner where my walls are full of penguins paraphernalia. And I'm like, listen, I am, like, in too deep. I don't know. That's what I said about One Direction, you know? The penguins are going to the penguins are going to break up. (laughs) (laughs) But they didn't. Gino decided to come back. They didn't break up. Zane tested free agency. (laughs) In any case, so I've been dabbling in other fandoms, but enjoying the freedom of it while also returning to the familiar arms of hockey. So, um, I guess I can talk about my uh my mood going into the season. I'm a little bit bummed. I'm a little bit annoyed with the Penguins just because there's not going to be a single matinee game this whole year. There're going to be some in 2023, but there's not going to be a single one this year and even the normal games, I think a lot of them start later than they usually would from from what I can gather and you know, that's like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. for me, so it's just not going to happen. I'm <laughs> I'm not willing to completely ruin my life over them any more than I already have. Um, so I'm kind of feeling a little bit bummed about that because it's hard to get into the excitement of the season when you're like, well, I want to watch hockey, but it's not going to be me watching it live and live blogging and engaging in that fandom way. It's going to be more me watching after the next day, checking out what people have wrote about it the night before, maybe. So I'm kind of missing that interactive aspect uh, of it. That's a great insight, Kit. I'm curious as if to what you think, like, how would fandom be different for you if you were experiencing it live? I think there's a certain level of feeling removed from everything when you're not engaging live. You know, it it's almost like that lurker role, you know, like you can read what other people have live blogged. You can read what other people said during the game and you can sort of experience that 
later but you can't experience it in the moment and that does make you feel like kind of like a lurker but you couldn't engage even if you wanted to because you're just not awake at the same time which is also something that can be frustrating usually when it when it really gets into the swing of things and, and the games start happening again there are so many other aspects of hockey and hockey fandom that are not super time specific like I will you know, I'll get to watch a lot more videos of, I don't know, analysis of something or short clips where someone recorded a cool goal or something. There's going to be more podcasts coming out. There's going to be just more engagement in general. And that's going to be exciting and something I'm absolutely looking forward to. It's just that the games themselves kind of lose a little bit of importance for me in that grand fandom scheme when I'm not able to watch them. And that's kind of a shame, but it's the sport that I've chosen. It's the league <laughs> that I've chosen. So what can you do? And every time you say matinee games are the worst and I hate them, a tiny single tear rolls down my cheek. So I love matinee games. They are my favorite things in the world and I adore them so much. I actually do like a matinee game. Yeah. Well, I like them now, but that's because I don't work Saturdays anymore. I like them because they're in in my day. They're over so early. You know, it's like I wake up, a game yeah. happens to me, and then it's over, and I have the whole day to recover <laughs> emotionally from whatever experience I just had. I have I have been to a few matinee games in person, and I will say I have actually found I don't like attending them in person because it draws a younger crowd. There are lots of families. So I've had, I've dealt with like really rude families bustling through and like kind of not knowing how things work in the arena because they're there for their like one game of the season, which they should enjoy. I'm glad they're there. But as, as, as someone who goes to like at least 20 games a season, you know, I'm just, I, I get like, ugh, these guys don't know how warmups work and they're yelling at you to get out of their way. And they're saying, <laughs> well, you're in my seat and you're standing in the aisle next. And I don't know. It's just so. That, uh, I will say that I tend keeping to... the the young children from hockey. It's not the kids; it's the parents. I swear to God, I've had I've had more mean moms in penguins t shirts get get snappy with me because like I, I love when the kids show up. I'm like, go to the glass, go get a puck, like wave at the players, be enthusiastic. I'm jealous of the kids. Why do they get all the pucks? You know, they should. It's their right. Anyway, so um, I will say now that I don't work weekends anymore, and I can enjoy. An, a leisurely Saturday game from my couch. Do enjoy. I will try not to make you cry anymore about matinee games. <laughs> no, I mean, it's, you know, I'm a little bit bummed about just there not being any matinee games this year for the Penguins. I think that's, you know, why? Why would you personally attack me like that? But it's still, you know, it's so fun. Like, this is my hobby, so I'm not going to be too sad about it, you know. The season's starting. There's There's always fun to be had, so... And something I also love about the beginning of the season is that it's before the stakes set in. And I know that's not entirely true because they're going to play like two games and immediately everyone is going to judge their performance off of like two games. But I really enjoy it because the team is fresh, ideally. I mean, we kind of missed that out. That's another thing, too. We missed that out last season. Although we did get to see Sid come back and immediately cost us a game by taking the stupidest penalty <laughs> ever, which still makes me laugh so much. 
He's just like, I'm just going to throw this kid into the goal. <laughs> I was at that game, and a remark I made was, listen, watching Sidney Crosby win you a game, that's pedestrian. Watching Sidney Crosby lose you a game, that is a boutique hockey experience, baby. You don't see that very often. A rare often. delicacy. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, but, um, like, again, fingers crossed. I'm not Actually, I'm not even going to say it. We're going to start this season – and then we're going to have a good time and it's going to be like low stakes, which is always something I try and remember too. Once you get back to regular season hockey after dealing with the gauntlet that is playoffs hockey where I'm like, I'm never going to take a regular season game for granted ever again. This is These are the most low stakes games of the season. So I'm really looking forward to that because to me, it's some of the most enjoyable hockey because I don't have to be worrying about my team keeping up playoffs records or other stupid things. I'm, I know we had kind of talked about like New Year's resolutions, new season's resolutions before this episode, but I think one of my resolutions is I just want to try to be a little less stressed about hockey, especially in the early stages. And I'm going to practice the ultimate form of self-care, which I'm, I'm not going to read the athletic beat writers unless it's Rob Rossi oh. writing fanfic about Gino, <laughs> in which case, of course, I have to read, you know, because <laughs> I, you know, he's one of ours. I need to know more, Jess, about your decision not to read articles this season and how you think it's going to either improve or just make more peaceful your hockey experience. I'm very Yeah, curious. well, I think like we'll see if I actually stick with it like most resolutions, you know, because sometimes I just get so starved for content midseason that I'm like, well, just give it to me, you know, but um, but I just feel like watching it last year, it was kind of like it never really reassured me. It was always I don't know. They're just they can be so doom and gloom, but they don't actually know that much more than we do. You know, they're just kind of responding to the game like they obviously know a lot more about hockey than I do. So that's useful, whatever. But um, they don't know that much more about like how the season's going to go. They can't predict are our goalies going to be just like filled by various injuries and illnesses in the playoffs and like, you know, whatever, like they can't predict any of that stuff. And I feel like I would always go and read Josh O'Hee's write-ups after a loss or after a win to like either buck myself up or like make myself feel worse. It just wasn't really productive. I don't know. It was just intensifying whatever emotion I was already feeling in a way that prepared me for some kind of crash later. So I think I'm just going to try to like engage with it as a fan and like listen to the general league podcast, but not worry quite as much about like what our beat writers are saying about them. And I guess also like watching Contract Gate go down where they were just like stoking the fires of everyone's panic and despair. And they didn't seem to have any information, like everything they said ended up being wrong or ended up being like not quite what happened. So I, I mean, if yeah. we're to believe uh, Sid, which like who's to say that we are? Apparently, they weren't even right about him going down to Florida to see Gino. Don't tell me that. I refuse to accept that. <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, you I, liar. I, don't, I don't know who's lying. Just like, I would, would Sid say he didn't? I'm like, I feel like he he could. And then would Rossi overblow that? Yes, he also would. So I don't know who to believe in this situation. So I personally believe a third secret thing where uh, Sid went down there and he like stood outside Gino's mansion and just... Like, he never actually entered the property. He was just ominously, like... Gino could see him out of the corner of his <laughs> eyes sometimes. Yeah, Anna keeps looking through the curtains and being like, he's still out there. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know. They're just kind of bummers, you know? And they never make me feel better. Like, the only time I really enjoy them is when Rossi is writing absolutely unhinged words about Gino being, like, the ultimate peak alpha. <laughs> looking lean and powerful like a like the king of the jungle you know lion stomping through the forest or whatever so I don't know I'm gonna try that we'll see how it goes I think that's a good idea because I feel like I have friends who overconsume, 
I think it would be interesting to have a friend who under consumes. Yeah, I'll just be totally ignorant, you know. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll just be your friend who's like, hey, what's no, going on? <laughs> well, I think there's, I mean, that's like, that's the more local experience. Like, I compare it to, like, the janitor at my old job who was a Penguins fan in, like, the Yenzer way where, like, he cares about Pittsburgh sports. And he and I would always get to chatting, you know, early on in the mornings about, like, oh, did you see the game last night? And we talked casually. And, like, he he certainly was not buying a subscription to The Athletic. You know, I don't think he was reading many news articles. He would just watch the games and give it the old eye test. And he still knew a lot about hockey and had a good time when he was conversing with me. And maybe I would know, like, a few more obscure things than him just because I'd read it in an article. But, like, frankly, I don't feel like it was that big a gap. Unless it was like me talking about like the precise injury someone had gotten the night before or whatever that I just read on Twitter. So it's a valid way to consume, you know? Yeah. I just want Bob and Mirzi to tell me things, you know? <laughs> and then I'll just take that, you know? <laughs> I'll just take whatever, whatever Bob chooses to give me. <laughs> Bob and Mirzi are just going to give you some absolutely unhinged anecdote. And you're like, what, yeah, what yeah, does that yeah. have to do with anything? But I love it. And also, too, I think... I think I like to read articles because, well, first of all, I am nosy. I, I want to know everything. But beyond that, too, I think it's me kind of overcompensating for the fact that I don't have a classical education in hockey. Like, I'm relatively new to the sport. I only started watching it six years ago. Previous to that, I had zero experience with it. And sometimes I still feel like because I don't know a lot, I feel like I'm trying to compensate by reading those articles as if they will tell me more. Like, a writer will have an opinion on, like, a random third liner that I was not watching that closely during the night. So I'm like, oh, okay, well, maybe someone has a better gauge of whoever because I wasn't really paying attention to him the night before. But like you said, they're, are, the writers are fallible, and they don't always pay attention to everything. And I don't know who I'm trying to justify my interest in. Because frankly, when I'm talking to people in real life about hockey, it's so rarely granular enough that any of that would matter. And online, all we talk about is Sid and Gino, so it super doesn't matter. I also talk about Brian Rust, eldest daughter. That's true. <laughs> and your baby girl, Dumo. Oh, my baby girl. Is he is he having a hard time? That's what I've kind of gathered. <laughs> well, he was, but it's because he was injured basically like all last season, I think. Oh. So we'll see if he's recouped and become a good partner for Chris I just, again. He's just got oh. the face of an angel, you know? Like, I just hate for anything to befall him. <laughs> and I love the way men on Twitter talk about him, where they're like, he's not good anymore, but can't we just keep him around, you know? <laughs> It's just, yeah, no, no one is immune to my baby girl, Brian Dumoulin. No. Jess, I'm also trying, I'm also going to try and uh, do a little bit of the old emotional regulation this season, I think. That's my new season's resolution. Yeah, I think, you know, I can get pretty intensely into it emotionally to the level where, you know, <laughs> if the yeah. pens are having a bad, <laughs> if the pens are having a bad run, I'll just be like, you know, my week is garbage. I'm not enjoying anything. <laughs> I'm having such a bad time. And I don't want that. You know, this is still my hobby. This is my entertainment. These are my little jesters just gliding across the eyes for me to watch. And I want to be entertained in a fun way. And sometimes that can include tragedy and that's part of it but I don't want it to ruin my week so yeah, I'm gonna yeah. try and do some emotional regulation I'm gonna give it about two weeks and then we'll see 
I feel like my entire hockey career as a fan has just been trying to figure out how to moderate my intense emotions around sports, <laughs> which are totally new to me, you know, but um, yeah, I feel like the other, the other self-care thing I did last year that I'm going to try to do this year is like, if the first two periods are horrible, I'm just turning it off. Like I don't need to be there till the bitter end. And I felt like that helped me like kind of rebalance if I was having a really bad, cause man, it can really wreck my whole week if they're, if they're like on some sort of losing skid, really? you know? See, this is interesting for me to hear as a person who's been in the fandom a little bit longer because I don't tend to have these reactions to losing streaks. And Teach I don't know your ways. If... Yeah. Yeah, please. I don't like it. I, I don't. Yeah. I don't. I'm not enjoying it. <laughs> I don't know if it's just more time spent in like the epic highs and lows of NHL hockey or if it's ingrained. I really don't know. But I find that it's like the team is going to do what the team does. And to me, that has remarkably little to do with me. Uh, don't tell that to first season NHL fan. Beck, who uh, used to have like a playlist she listened to before every single game and <laughs> had to wear the certain pair of shoes and the right jersey. It was like a whole situation. But luckily, I grew out of that after my rookie season as a fan. But I feel like what the team does has so little to do with what I have to do and honestly doesn't have a tremendous amount to do with my fandom practice that that doesn't bother me what bothers me is like i have to keep my space like clean i'm not gonna follow anyone who's gonna talk shit about the penguins or whatever like i'll follow the the reporters and i'll read what they have to say but if i decide it's stupid or unimportant i'll just be like okay not my problem and then i'll go back to writing a fic or reading or you know chatting with my friends and i try and keep it really distilled because the team doing bad I don't love it, but it doesn't drive me crazy. What drives me crazy is seeing some like irate penguins hater all up in my business. That drives me nuts. We all have our vices, I guess. So since we're doing a New Year's, New Season's Eve thing, I thought we could do some future predictions, you know, like people do on New Year's Eve. Should we we should do like bingo? Have like bingo sheets. Oh, a bingo. We 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 could do a bingo. That okay, yeah, like an official fun. Goodwood Pod bingo. It's yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> coming soon yeah. to you. Yeah, <laughs> to a Tumblr near you. <laughs> I've prepared some superlatives um, that we can do because I want to know how you're feeling going into the season. So, first one, and this one's pretty important. On the pants, who do you think is the first one to grow really weird facial hair? Ooh. Well, as as we all know, it's almost. It's almost my time. You know? Almost <laughs> we're only We're only a month out <laughs> from the best month of the year. My money is on Gino because I think Gino still <gasps> cannot grow good facial hair. And I think he's happy, which means he's for some reason not going to be shaving more because I associate men not shaving with them like being relaxed. So I think Gino's going to have some gnarly scruff. Or gnarly uh, patchy. Oh my gosh. I love the idea that Gino's just like totally at home now. So he's like, well, whatever happens on my face. (laughs) He's just going to be on the ice in sweatpants. You signed my face for, you know, a couple million dollars for the next four years. You're going to have to deal with it. Scruff or no? I mean, I think there's a lot of potential for Cappy, as always, to have some, you know, some interesting stuff going on with his aesthetic. (laughs) Plus, he's a cat guy now. He's got a he's got a cat. I don't know. I, you know. I'm going to say Cappy, but I just want us all to know that I'm really saving myself for Sid in November. <laughs> we should have like a stash cast in November, like the, the November podcast. Yeah. Oh, oh man. Please. Yeah. I'm happy to have like a, a Jess only Movember cast. Yeah. It's just a slap shot where it's just me. <laughs> just... 
<laughs> just describing <laughs> Alfred commentary over videos of his mustache. Okay, so coming to another really important penguins tradition, who's the first one with a t-shirt of his face appearing in the locker room? Last year we had Mark Friedman as Lord Farquaad. Did Jeff Carter have one? Oh, yeah. Wow, you're, we're just saying the names of men on our team, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. guy. <laughs> Who is Whoa. on our team? Here's my guess for the first custom t-shirt haver of the season. I think it's Jake because he's a new dad. I think they're going to oh. harass him for it. Well, I'm going to say I hope it's my baby girl, Brian Dumoulin. I don't think it will be, but I'd love to see a shirt with his face on it. I just love to see his face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining like a Hello Kitty's themed <laughs> Oh my gosh, maybe they'll make, maybe, yeah, maybe they'll make Chris, um, it seems like the meow meow thing is like, they've really yeah, committed Catboy to that. Chris <laughs> yeah. is Catboy real. Chris. <laughs> well, that's a shirt I would pay for, Catboy Chris. Catboy. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, I think if, they, if they're doing the dad thing, I think they might go for like a double, double feature Raquel Gensi oh, t-shirt. Yeah. That's my answer. If they keep the tiny mic, which I really hope they will, but. You know, we'll see. Who will give the most psychologically troubling interview answer? Cappy. Yeah, I can see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm just I'm I'm just trying to think of guys on our team. You know, once again, I'm like who are? You? I think yeah. I think Marcus Pedersen could be like a dark. Yeah, horse I was here. I was kind of thinking about the dragon, especially because he had kind of a. I did read a Josh Yohe article about him having kind of a rough summer, so maybe right. we'll get some something bubbling up to the surface. I feel like also what I what I'm longing for, especially now that they have more access to the players in the locker rooms, is like, do you remember that um, that interview where there where Sidney Crosby gives the extremely disturbing answer about what kind of animal would eat him or something like that? Yes. <laughs> and you're like, whoa, buddy, go to therapy. I don't know what's going on in there. And he just he just gives it so confidently and casually, and you're like, okay, well, well, no, I about that sully quote about how sully was like yeah sid doesn't like think too deeply about stuff <laughs> like he doesn't think too far ahead in the future he's kind of in the moment which i'm like are you calling him stupid like <laughs> just trying to clarify what's going on but it's one of those things where it's like you can't ask sid serious questions because he'll dodge them but if you ask him a stupid question about an animal he'll give you some kind of psychologically devastating answer where you can be like ooh. Was it like he didn't want to be eaten by a whale or something? He was like horrified. Which I had but, Anons coming to my inbox for like a week talking about like the psychological horror of the sea to Maritimers. So that was wow, like a cultural wow. experience. But his obsession with the lions, which um yeah. <laughs> yeah. I can think of a couple people who are obsessed with lions. Gino and Anna. Like they're drawing like Anna is drawing like a fursona at this point. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I I have so many questions that I. <laughs> yeah. So my my hope to go back to Kit's question. My hope is that Sid will give us a deeply psychologically troubling answer while he thinks he's just revealing nothing. <laughs> Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay, I have I have a genuine hockey question next because you know hockey podcasts and everything. Okay, so either who's going to get the first fighting major or is anyone going to get a Gordie Howe hat trick? I mean, maybe Friedman. I don't know. That was my answer. Yeah, yeah. He was my answer. He just has a face that says, I'm ready to fight. You know, like, come at me. I'm I'm so attached to him for some reason. He's He's already called himself a pest in an interview this season. So, like, he knows his role. 
I've just loved him ever since he gave that interview about leaving Philly where he was like, yeah. he, was like he was like, yeah, I hate it. The whole place like smells like cat piss. Like, I mean, this is not an actual quote, but it's like, he was like just listing all Basically. these things. He's- and what I love about him is that every time they play the Flyers, the Flyers are too busy just absolutely wanting to destroy that one man. I want the beef so bad. I need to know what happened. Uh, I'm actually going to give a different answer because considering his summer antics, I'm going to say Teddy Bluger. Ooh. I would be into a Teddy villain arc. I think that would be fun. Because didn't Teddy get into a massive fight in that summer <gasps> league they do? Yeah, the Minnesota league. He did. Dark I think Teddy. someone's nose was bleeding. And this is good because he needs a little more of a personality, in my opinion. You know, I need I need a few more headcanons about him. So I'd, I'd take a fight. A man called Theodore's Bluegers, who goes by Teddy Bluger, is not enough personality for you. <laughs> what nationality? He's an is enigma. He again? <laughs> he's Estonian. Oh, that's exotic. And he's he's the only one who can speak Russian with Gino. And I wonder if Gino knows that. I'm I'm actually deeply curious. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think he. I does. don't. I don't think Gino knows his name. I would bet money on that. <laughs> well, that you guys went around when we had Alex Galchenyuk, were you? So we had him for like a season and everyone was like, oh my God, we got Gino a Russian. They're going to be besties. And like they weren't. <laughs> no, I think Gino is really happy being the only Russian. He likes it because he's like, he can use it to get out of shit all the time where he's like, I don't want to talk to you, like piss off. And it's allowed because Sid loves him and he can just wander around and do as he pleases. Yeah. And there's no gaunch anymore to make him talk at restaurants and stuff. You know, it's like, he's just purely being enabled by Sidney Crosby. <laughs> so did you guys... um? read that during like media day or whatever george the ukrainian guy who used to do yes. translation for gino when he first got to the united states was there and he and gino were chatting and having a good time like i love I that was, i was endeared oh i imagine that teddy talks to him in russian and gino just pretends that he doesn't understand <laughs> <laughs> you speak with an accent yeah yeah gino critiques his russian and sends him back to study more <laughs> he's like <laughs> He doesn't. He doesn't want to be talked to. But I really firmly believe that he would not know Teddy's name, you know. <laughs> and that is beautiful to me. That's why I love him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I got. I got a similar question here. Maybe you can do that one as well. Um, so who's gonna experience cartoon physics? You know, like the stick stuck in Evan Rodriguez's helmets, <laughs> or oh, I love when they lose a skate blade and they have to like hobble across the ice. My money is actually on Sid for two reasons. One, because he already does a lot of crazy jumps and stuff like that on ice. Do you remember the jump that <gasps> and got no him the Dana. attention? No Dana to fix his no equipment No Dana. Oh, God. And he's oh, had, God. Sid has had skate issues for like the last two seasons. But he is constantly taking them off on the bench and handing them to the equipment guys and getting them fixed. I'm pretty sure it's like a princess at the pea situation. Well, from a guy who apparently needs one skate sharpened before the other, I'm sure there's a billion things wrong with them. But I'm convinced that if something's going to go wrong with equipment, it will happen to Sid. The reporters are going to yeah. say that he left the ice. The entire internet is going to freak out because we think Sid's been injured again and he's going to show back up because he felt a granule of sand in his left skate. He's going to show back up like at Dana's vacation home. It's going to be like in Miami. He's going to be standing outside the property just looking. (laughs) (laughs) He's not saying anything. He's not pressuring Dana. He's just looking. He's just watching. Tags is going to miss some crucial part to his jock upkeep and it's going to fall apart and Sid's going to like immediately spiral. Yeah. Do we think Tags is the most stressed out man in Pittsburgh right now? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
He looks yeah. cool as a cucumber, though. I don't think he gets bothered. Have you heard him speak? He sounds really chill. And I think you need to be <laughs> to be dealing with those men all day. Okay, well, here's my answer for the like the comical equipment malfunction or whatever. Like, so you do you remember when Sid lost his stick and then Tags handed him one from the bench and then he almost scored a goal? Romance. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful, first of all. He did score a goal. Oh, did he? I thought he almost did, but he, he did. didn't quite. But okay. they lost. He did. Well, that's even better. Yeah. Okay. Well, I hope something like that happens to Brian Russ, like some like Herculean feat of, you know, like an amazing accomplishment or something that involves comedy physics or whatever. And then I hope that everyone, all the announcers just start talking about whoever else was involved. It'll be like Jake passed to him, you know, and it's like, oh yeah. And then uh, Brian, (laughs) I just want more eldest daughter, Brian Russ, always. Absolutely tragic. I'm trying to think who who's gonna experience the cartoon physics. Um, you know who I feel like has cartoon physics potential. I mean, Gino obviously because he's built like Gumby, but um, <laughs> it, everything that man does is cartoon physics. But I think we might see one of the new guys. You know, I think Ooh, that's yeah. that's how one of the new guys is gonna get there. E Rob was a moment. new guy, so that's true. So, I don't know, maybe Jeff Petrie. Petrie. I still don't know how to pronounce his name. Maybe that isn't the Ty Smith, the young one, right? Oh, the one we got from the Devils? Yeah, because I feel like what was crucial about Erod is that he looked like a a child. He was confused. What was happening to him at any time, (laughs) you know? Like (laughs) So I don't know. It could be that could be that guy too. All right. Okay. So who do you think is going to be your unexpected enemy team? this season Ooh. every team is an enemy team too <laughs> yeah but there's some who i hate with the fire of a thousand suns. yeah and that, <laughs> there's always there's always one that you that that you don't expect to hate if you have another question that's a team that's my unexpected not hated team later that will be interesting mm. but if we're going from you know what hated... you know what i'm gonna say who is going to be your unexpected hate your your enemy team and who will be your unexpected non-pens friends friends of the penguins well the thing about having an unexpected team i don't like is that it can't be a team i already dislike which unfortunately <laughs> rolls out a <laughs> decent bit of the league well i'm definitely ready to hate the isles again like last year it wasn't really fun to hate them yeah. anymore but that you know i feel there. like i just want to get back to my roots you know hating the islanders yeah. <laughs> I am going to go with the Red Wings because oh, I yeah, that's never one. experienced like the actual proper rivalry between the Red Wings and the Penguins. I don't I don't even think about the Red Wings because they've been so bad for so long, but I'm ready for them to not be bad, I think. They can emerge and rise to the rank of enemy. Yes. Yeah, I could also be ready to hate the Devils. I'm not sure. It will kind of depend. Hmm. I feel like I'm. I might go for the Blue Jackets this year because that's like an underrated Pens rivalry. Who's your unexpected friend of the podcast, Kit? Oh, hmm. You know what? I I might have to say the Red Wings. <laughs> nice. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, this is gonna tear the podcast apart. <laughs> I've been following, you know, like I've I've been following the NHL Instagram and I have been bewitched by Mo Sider's beautiful locks. So yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, you got that curly girl method. <laughs> oh, he's a, he's a German too. You're predisposed. Yeah, it's unfair. Well, I feel bad because I feel like 
I've been trying to get into the abs for quite a while, you know, but then they just won. So it feels like bandwagoning. But now it's like my time zone finally aligns with being an abs fan. You should pick up the Kraken. Yeah. You got turbo. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I did go to a preseason game and I saw them. I saw Brian or Brian, Brandon Tanev. Um, And I saw a terrified looking defenseman, but I don't think he's going to make the (laughs) roster. But he was my favorite. I was like, if this guy was on the team, I could definitely get behind this. He just looked totally lost. (laughs) That was like, you know, it's like the Erod energy. (laughs) What the hell am I doing here? If you want to get into the crack, and I, I recommend looking more into whatever Philip Grubauer and Andrew Burakovsky have going on because it's strange and unsettling, and I love it. Because okay. when you think about it, like Grubauer and, and Burakovsky were on the Caps together, and then Grubauer left for the Abs, and then Burakovsky left for the Abs, and then Grubauer left for the Kraken, and now Burakovsky left for the Kraken. So it's literally just following him from team to team fascinating (laughs) and movies are like oh i can't get rid of him like he keeps following me okay well i'm definitely gonna be i'm i will definitely be attending kraken games this year so you know who knows who i'll pick up you know my answer of my friend of the podcast it might be the flyers no no come on heel turn (laughs) yes i'm not saying i like them i'm not saying i want them to win I'm just saying that I've made the mistake of befriending a Flyers fan who has very effectively prosthetized Travis Konechny to me. Oh, okay. Travis Konechny I is a good boy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm endeared. I did see a gift set of TK today and my heart just bloomed. Like I hadn't seen him in so one? long and I was like, yeah, there he is. Yeah. There he is. The boy. I have a, fr- it's Ellie, right? So Ellie from our last podcast, um, has so effectively offered up TK on a platter and then like hear me out and I'm like fine you know and I did it because I'm her friend did you watch the video where he goes home the like little mini documentary (gasps) no and are you trying to make me get more into it yeah well I I mean I'm not a Flyers fan but I am a TK fan and that that video is just my sister and I watch it together and at the end we were just like oh boy that's a boy who is loved and knows he's loved (laughs) and loves everyone around him you know you can't watch it and not be like good boy (laughs) <laughs> and you can always go back to the time he, he fought Sid, which was one of the yeah. funniest oh, things that my ever gosh. happened. Yeah. Oh, I want to go rewatch it. I want to go rewatch that fight right now. That fight. I don't know if it's called a fight when you just accidentally no. incapacitate somebody. <laughs> you accidentally incapacitate Sidney Crosby, who then finally gets up. He couldn't use. He couldn't get leverage. He couldn't use his gigantic lower body. You know. He's <laughs> like. <laughs> And TK looked so scared and confused. I won? What happened? And then the most beautiful exchange I've ever seen in my entire life happening in the box. So I've been I've been effectively sold on TK and I I enjoy him on the flyers because I think he properly embodies flyers energy, which is something that is in short supply on the flyers these days. But if he ever got randomly traded to the Penguins, I would be over the moon. I would oh be my gosh, so excited. Yeah, we got to get him out of there. I've been I've been saying this for years. <laughs> well, so here's the thing. I, I like him in Philly. <laughs> I like him in Philly, and I think he should stay in Philly because without him in Philly, I don't think Philly has much going for them. Well, that's fine but, with me. Then we could have yeah, more time right. for us. <laughs> I know, but like, I, I want the I want the rivalry to be good, and I and I miss the rivalry being good. But I I I really don't get excited about like trades. But that would be a trade where I'd be like please 
I want it to happen. I want to root for TK. I think that would be hilarious. And then I'd also watch one of my friends who is both a Flyers and Penguins fan be ecstatic because then she'd only root for the Penguins. And then I'd have to watch Ellie go through the five stages of grief because she hates the Penguins. (laughs) And I love her, but I think that would be a very entertaining thing to witness. So I'm sorry, Ellie. It's kind of like the Freedman trade in in Bigger. Yeah, that was a delight. I, I didn't know Freedman. And then he was a delight. Oh my gosh, TK, that would be such a joy. Also, he's just not, he's just made to be happy and the Flyers are so bad, you know? It's like that boy deserves a... Our team can provide the kind of warm and supportive environment. Yeah, I mean, we're thrive. fucking nerds, you know? We're such nerds, but we're happy. Right. <laughs> we love each other. Right. Oh, yeah. And I would read Sid TK Thick. I have. I've written it. Yes. And I would continue 100%, to read it. 100%, yeah. Anyways, next question, Kit. Okay, so who do you think will be this season's scapegoat of the common hockey men who will be the one who's ruining it for everyone well it's delightful to just imagine that gina won't care anymore you know <laughs> like, <laughs> be like whatever <laughs> it's gina's good mood season you know i think if jason doesn't get his button gear and start scoring he's gonna be in trouble which makes me really sad because i really like jason but he's had the injury bug and he's been snake bitten and I think he's fantastic for team social cohesion because he's so loud and the team needs guys like that because Sid and Chris are not like that. And Gino can be like that, but it's not consistently like that. And even if he is loud, he isn't always joyful loud, whereas Jason is joyful loud. And we need that presence on the team. And if he doesn't perform well, he is too expensive to keep, which makes me sad. Every season I'm I'm worried about Jari because obviously we are just going ahead with our plan of having him do everything and not giving him any decent backups. So every year, uh, he's like a little worry that I have in the back of my head. And obviously, you know, goalies are easy scapegoats. So, but okay, going from one very serious question to an even more serious question here. Who will give us the most on-camera meows? I mean, I just, I need to know what's going on with Chris Letang, you know? (laughs) Why is he the cat boy? (laughs) And why won't he meow for Dan Potash? He'll meow on the ice, but he won't meow for Dan Potash. Something is up. Well, maybe he's being a cat. You know, he's being withholding. Like, he can tell we want the meow too much, so he's not going to give it to us. He's an authentic cat boy. And when you think about it, Cappy also completely blocked that question, but he's also known to meow. There's a pattern. Those were my two answers: were Cappy and Chris. Yeah. Maybe it's I, like ho- a- I hope they meow at each other. I hope they spend an entire game just meowing, no English. Oh, can we thing. can we ask a question? Who's going to be Cappy's new adopted dad? This, this yes, please. it's still Jeff. It's still Jeff. It has to be Jeff. Because Gino got tired of him. He's like, whatever, my deadbeat kid. You know? <laughs> Expecting Gino to be a nurturing presence is the mistake of. Like Cappy, I'm so sorry. I'm. I think it's very sweet that you admire Gino and wanted him to be your surrogate father. But have you met the man? <laughs> you know, maybe some of the younger guys will also get on the on the meow meow train. I'm hoping we get some meows from Pio Joseph. He could be a good little meow meow. Ty Smith, you know, another Ty Smith, Smith absolutely young guy. Danton Heinen. Oh, Danton Heinen has low-key freak vibes, and I mean that in a, a lovely yeah. way. Like, oh, yeah. You know, I could definitely see that. He looks like a man who has a harmless kink, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's weird, but it's, you know, it's harmless. <laughs> and it's Catboys. Welcome to the right team, buddy. 
Okay, I have one last question. This is a bit more open-ended, I guess. And it's, who's your player to watch? And I'm not talking about goals or whatever they apparently do on the ice. I don't know. Yeah, you've never seen it. It's not about goals or anything. (laughs) I don't watch that. Who's your player to watch fandom-wise? Who is going to play a bigger role this season? I mean, I'm obviously fascinated by the Cappy arc, whatever is going. I'm not I'm not even sure it's a redemption arc yet. <laughs> I'm just whatever storyline Mike Sullivan is is, you know, unfolding for Cappy. I'm watching it. I'm interested. Can my answer be Sullivan? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Tell us more. Just because I I have a lot of friends who are really into silver foxes. I have heard more daddy jokes about Mike Sullivan than I've heard about any other man in my life. And I find it amusing, but I also, we have so many good morsels of evidence of interesting dynamics going on, like the whole trying to like reparent Cappy thing and his adoration of difficult student Evgeny Malkin and his secretive behind closed doors relationship with Sid. There's just, I don't know, I feel like he's worthy of having interesting characterization and I think he doesn't often get the screen time to display that in fix so i think that could be something interesting to do that's a good answer yeah i i guess that's one of my new seasons not resolutions but like i've been quite interested in mike sullivan lately you know like i had a dream about a mike sullivan mitch marner pairing which was unexpected (laughs) (laughs) my brain just conjured that up for me (laughs) do you want a grizzled veteran and a twink here take it So, you know, I love that. Yeah, Mike Sullivan. I also want more fic about him. So I want to encourage everyone to just really think about Mike Sullivan as much as possible. Yeah, keep him in your mind. Keep him in your mind. Keep him him in your heart, you know. (laughs) In your prayers. (laughs) Another thing I want to watch, though, too, is um, Tanger and Jari as a ship. Ooh. I have lots of friends who are getting into that now. Just because, like, Chris will, like, escort him back to the bench and whatever, or stuff like that. And I think it's just a fun, the ingenue and then the bitchy older defenseman. So didn't I can also just, be sold Didn't he on just, that. like, leave the bench and then skate up to Jari, who was on a different team during the scrum, and, like, cut something off that was hanging from his helmet and then skated back? There was just something right. like that right now, right? Wow. Yeah, there's so much to look forward to this season. Yeah. Wait, Kit, what was yours? What are you looking forward to? I'm saying that this will be the season where we finally get a real OT3 going. Sid, Gino, Tanger, they've been together for 17 years, which is the longest in like major North American sports. So already, obviously, like they got the years, they got the chemistry, they got being the sole and single core of the pens. And there's just not enough OT3, not enough triumvirate going on there for me. But I think this is going to be the season maybe where we can really explore that kind of three person dynamic. And I'm looking forward to it. I too, when you asked that question, Kit, I too was thinking about Sid, Chris, Gino. I wish there was just like a really good long fic about them. I don't know if I have it in me to write it, but man, I really just want something meaty to dig in about those three. I would also, other OT3s I would love are like Sullivan, Sid, and Gino. I always want more of that, you know, because that's like, you know, it's interesting. 
And then I've been thinking a lot about Gino, Sid, and Nate lately. <laughs> but, oh, those are because I think that's so funny. That's not that's not explosive. an OT three. That's Sid and his two boyfriends. <laughs> but I'm, I want to bring them. I want to close the triangle. You know, I want to bring Gino and Nate together and see what that's happens. A hard yes. <laughs> Well, that's something I was thinking of as we were discussing ideas for this episode was my thoughts on fan works and fandom going into this season when I have seen a lot of non-Penguins Sid ships. Like, I think people have gotten really, really comfortable shipping him outside of the Penguins. With Nate just winning, there's been, you know, a, a good amount of new Sid Nate fic. Cheesebee is still going strong despite the trade. I think people are just getting willing to be really creative with him just because he's been in the league for so long. So I'm curious to see if during the season there is more Sid Gino fic or if there is more Sid other people fic. Yeah. It's up to you. Yeah. And I want that Sid Trevor Zegras fic, you know? It felt like whatever was going on at that media day, you know? Yeah, that was freaky. <laughs> My friend Megan was like, it was like Sid was talking to a small child and Trevor was just flirting back, you know? I think that's a funny dynamic. With with Tanger, it's so interesting to me because, you know, he will go on and on about, like, saying the most romantic shit you've ever heard about Sid and yeah, talking about how he's yeah. his best friend and stuff. And he also loves Gino and talks about Gino a lot. And then Fandom is just like, I don't know, they know each other, I guess. Yeah, we should have a whole episode on why some ships sailed and others, like, never have really... Never left the harbor. Never left the harbor, <laughs> yeah. Because, yeah, I've seen some gift sets, you know, like... There's there's something going on there, but you have to um, you have to come up with those cat boy pairings instead for Tanger, <laughs> just sticking him with the young guns to to <laughs> do weird cat shit. Well, and on that note, <laughs> <laughs> no, that cannot be it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Disclaimer: As far as I know, Chris Letang is a human. <laughs> I've been I've been advised by my lawyers to say that Chris Letang is ostensibly a human. All right, so I think the note we're ending on is Chris Letang is a cat, says Kit. No. <laughs> and Kit's lawyers are on the phone. <laughs> I have no idea where this episode's gonna go. Happy new season. <laughs> Meow. If you'd like to react to the episode or write in with questions or topics for us to discuss, you can reach us at goodwoodpod on Tumblr or goodwoodpod at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.